With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Good evening, everyone. It is Sunday, March 22nd, 2015. This is the Front Porch Political Talk Show. My name is Hatton Humphrey. I thank everybody for listening. Our show is produced for Talk Show, which provides two ways to be a part of the call. You can dial in, area code 724-444-7444. Talkcast ID is 75570. You can also join us uh, on the web-based text chat at TalkShoe.com slash TC. I'm sorry, TalkShoe.com slash TC slash 75570. Uh, you can also join us in Second Life. Um, we are now... Uh, we are now simulcasting the recording sessions into our, the Republican Party of Second Life's coffee shop on Chertopia. So if you want to join us, you can find out more information on the website. Um, the website, by the way, is frontporchtalk.com. Uh, you can also uh, find us on Facebook, find us on Twitter at EC Conservative. Um, lots of ways to communicate with us and uh, be a part of the show. Now, we like to have fun. Sometimes we like to uh, to, to opine and uh, go off on interesting tangents. And tonight's episode really is uh, along those lines, although we're looking at other people's opinions in some cases. Um, you know, things like, uh, things like uh, the crazy questions that get asked of candidates um, or the uh, net neutrality rules that, uh, that people are looking at going, uh, what? Um, or even o- Obama's uh, interesting little uh, foot-and-mouth case of uh, mandatory voting. So we're going to jump into those, but we start with a, a story that I swear we had a few years back, and, and it basically means we need to find some drunk Ukrainians. I, I don't mean to make light of anybody's death, but uh, a few years back we heard about it, and we've heard about it again tonight. Uh, a 52-year-old German tourist was killed Sunday in a shark attack in an Egyptian Red Sea resort. Um, this is the first such incident in five years. Uh, the attack in which the shark sheared off the German's leg took place off Al-Khesar. Uh, it was the first fatal shark attack in Egypt since a string of maulings in 2010. Um, of course, we covered that because Egypt accused Israel of planting sharks in the Red Sea. No, I didn't make that up. They actually did that. And then we covered a few weeks later that they found the shark dead after being hit by a drunk Ukrainian that was doing a pike from a pier. So, well, well I guess the thing, we, it was drunk, otherwise it hurt himself. <laughs> I think he hurt himself and just didn't know. Um, <laughs> Until the next day. Yeah, until the next day. But you know, I, I guess the the advantage here is is we've we've found the problem again, and we already know know the cure. We just need to find a drunk Ukrainian. Ah, there you we go. Should get, we should get them T-shirts. Yes, 
<laughs> I I survived the, the the Egyptian Red Sea attack. Or where where the where the uh, Egyptian Red Sea shark hunters team or crew oh yes T-shirts. The from... only problem with that most Ukrainians are busy fighting the on the eastern front with Putin. Yeah, that's true. This is true. They're, They're probably better at sharks than they used to be. <laughs> yeah, they've had enough experience with Putin over the last few years, that's yeah, for sure. It's called battle-hardened. <laughs> oh, this, uh, this isn't funny. I'm sorry. Toe's about to jump on us. <laughs> sorry. I know. I You're know. right. This is, there's no funny in here at all. <laughs> after, there is. Well, the they, German no. guy. Yeah. Yeah, there's unfortunately, but I had to I had to open with that one, knowing the knowing the history of this show, the sharks in the Red Sea. Well, maybe the show was hungry for kielbasa, and he figured, why not get a German guy? I mean, you can't hold that against a shark. That's good stuff. Yeah, that's true. Okay, we're we're really we're really pushing it. One um, concept to another. I've as, as they the GOP is already or GOP candidates are already starting to go out and stomp and, and and starting to talk. In the in the case of who you give a microphone to, Rick Santorum had to face what I think and and, and Fabian, you might correct me if I'm wrong. But this has to be one of the craziest lines of questions ever heard. I'm thinking Fabian knows the lady. Well, no, this is North Carolina. Right. Uh, That's close. Or no, I'm sorry. South, it's South Carolina. So he was um, – Rick Santorum was giving a – doing a Q&A, and someone came up. And asked, and here is the here is the excerpt. Here are two excerpts. Why is the Congress rolling over and letting this communist dictator destroy my country? Y'all know what he is, and I know what he is. I want him out of the White House. He's not a citizen. He could have been removed a long time ago. Now, this is on Docker.com, so of course they're going to think that's nutty. Um, but that's an entry. First of all, is Santorum? I'm trying to remember. Is Santorum. He's in Congress, right? I don't Not anymore. Remember. No, he was. Not he was formerly in the Senate. He got his ass kicked. That's what I thought. So he's not even. He's not even currently in office. No, which he said as much in his response. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's um, true. That is true. Um, the other one was Ted Cruz told me I've got to wait for the next election. I don't think the, the country will be around for the next election. Obama tried to blow up a nuke in Charleston a few months ago. And the three admirals and generals, he has totally destroyed our military. He's fired all the generals and all the admirals that said they wouldn't fire on the American people. That's classified. Well, it, well, the removal of the generals isn't classified. That's no, true. <laughs> I get it now. Never mind. I walked right into it. <laughs> there was a movie... There was a movie in the 1980s, I think it was a CBS movie, it was called Breaking News, I believe, and it was one of these live, almost uh, realistic news uh, show-type movies, 
where the plot was there was going to be a nuke that was going to go off in Charleston Harbor by these psycho environmental terrorists. It's on YouTube now. It's a it's a 25-year-old movie. I saw it. I watched it recently, actually, because I remember the movie as a kid. Maybe she's been watching this movie and got confused. Well, you know, when that came out, there was an overload of the newly uh, minted 911 systems of people that had seen that and thought it was a real newscast. You know, I, I would say only, only in South Carolina, but in fact, the same thing happened in New Jersey. So, But that's that tells the you. point. It, it, it happened all over. And, true, yeah. and believe me, guys, in politics, those two questions, whereas the asterisk were idiots, uh, those are not the strangest questions that have been asked, I promise. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh. I don't <laughs> even want samples. <laughs> I don't even want samples. Now, you, see, you don't, um, and I probably couldn't do it because, as I recall, this show is at least PG-13. And, yes. uh, yeah, this so far, this would so exceed that rating. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have to I'd have to get out the tone generator really fast, huh? We're not we're but, not quite ready to talk about this, but in fact, this is the people that an unknown un, unknown unnamed person thinks should be forced the vote. Well, I, I, okay, let's just these people breed and they breed new people. <laughs> okay, yeah. and this is and and this is not good. And as as Joseph knows, I'm currently on a tour of Liberal USA, at, at this moment, I am sitting in literally looking out at the harbor of Cape Cod. Okay. Oh, that's for you. I, I'm this way. As we do this show, I am sitting here looking out at the bay. You should be, okay. you should be, you should be incognito. Now, let it, oh, don't let anybody know who you are. <laughs> in in uh, Providence, Rhode Island, I've already had it out with a lady on the escalator. Uh, and I tried not to, I promise. I tried, I fight my tongue. I'm like, do not respond, do not respond. You are outnumbered 2,000 to 1. Do not respond, do not respond. And finally, she said the magic word. And I turned around and I said, ma'am. She goes, what did you call me? I said, well, in the South, we say ma'am, even if we don't mean it. So, ma'am, uh, <laughs> that's an incorrect assessment, and uh, you need to be educated. And so then I got to hear about how I was a member of the Beverly Hillbillies. And I turned around and looked at her and I said, well, there's only two things that come out of Rhode Island. One, low information voter. And two, no information voter. Which one are you? And then went off into Macy's to look at overpriced beach towels. So, uh, yes, I'm well aware of, of I'm out of my element up here in the uh, uh, Northeast. Well, you know, when you went from there to where you are now, it should have gotten much worse. <laughs> Actually, I had, I, I've kind of done a loop de swoop because my hotel room is in Rhode Island, and I'm currently sitting in Massachusetts. What is my problem? I don't want to know anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're, we're doing some political, we're grabbing some political clients up here to let some of the newbies uh, as part of my group cut their I, teeth. I, I live north of Boston 10 years. I'm sorry. One year of my life. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well... So we'll get we'll we'll get to the mandatory voting story. It is down the down the line, but I want to get to the next one. And um, by the way, Fabian, you're not the only one that says "ma'am" and and living in the north. Uh, Jen Art points out that he says "ma'am" in Brooklyn, New York. I still say "ma'am," but then again, I'm from Texas, so. Uh, oh, well, I'm not saying I'm the only one. I'm saying that I have been told 
while I've been doing my foray up through here. I was told in Pennsylvania when I stopped for gas, I was told in New York City on the far side coming into the Connecticut that it was a bad word up north and that I should not call people man. And I said, well, no offense, I but it's never so heard that. It is so ingrained in my, well, I've heard it now three times since I've been here. And uh, it is so ingrained in my demeanor that I got to do it. it. It's like, it's like, you know, you pass that one thing you're addicted to and you've really got to have one. Well, the word uh-huh. man has to come out of my mouth when I'm talking to a female. It's just the way it is. And up here, I'm going to tell you, telling the difference between certain uh, males and females is very good. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so, just saying. I've never I, heard that, though. I, guess I, can see, I can see the point. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, now, the, the, next, the, the next article is an opinion that uh, some people are actually changing their opinions now as they're, as they're looking at what happens when a bureaucracy is put in charge or, or given more power over something that has not previously been regulated. And that is the FCC's net neutrality rules. Um, or to put it another way, what I've always said about the whole mess, be careful what you wish for. You might just get it. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's kind of where my head went as soon as I saw you know, this, this response or the, this, the, this article. Because now this article on humanevents.com speaks specifically to one really scary sentence. I think the whole thing's scary. Yeah, there's there's more than one. I actually I read this article and I thought actually I have heard of a scarier one from another article which unfortunately I cannot find now. Okay. But um go on and then we'll compare. So here's the you know, for those that have been living under a rock or who thought this was only for um you know bandwidth providers, it says, quote A person engaged in the provision of broadband Internet access service, insofar as such a person is so engaged, shall not block lawful content, application services, or non-harmful devices subject to reasonable network management. This immediately begins to raise the question of who defines what lawful content is and what are non-harmful devices. Mm-hmm. That's that. That's the you know even the EFF which pushed and eventually celebrated the FCC's intervention. And I'm reading from the art. Um, labeled this section of the net neutrality regulation as the quarrysome bit. Well, it's it's a blank check. Mm-hmm. They they can define it to be whatever they want it to be, and then they can make you do whatever they want you to do until that gets challenged as too broad and too vague, which probably it will be. It wasn't the last time. Huh? It's not the first time they've tried to do this. No, I, and I it understand. Was. Yeah. Yes. But no, the, the one I read is that apparently there's, I don't know if this is like legalese position or if this is just more of a, um, the kind of fluff you find before these things. Talking about fair and just access, mm-hmm. which the immediate question is who exactly gets to decide what constitutes fair and just the answer exactly is the fcc by the way political superman is back okay 
Let me get let me get him Go ahead, back. Go no, I was I was finished. Yeah, Go no, on. I and that's you know it, <clears throat> the thing. I, I I've been watching the net neutrality debates and, and the conversations from a distance for the main reason that you know people think that it's going to increase speeds and lower cost. Well, one of the things that it does is now, since it's under the FCC's, uh, you know, since it's a Title II under the FCC, it now is subject to more regulation, to more restriction, and to more control. So, so how, how did we go from, well, this is going to make the Internet more neutral, how, you know, more, you know, even to all who's going to determine what is lawful material. Those are all, how are they going to police it? Those are all solvable problems. Uh, I mean, we have a fairly convoluted legal system to help us parse words and divide hairs, split hairs. Let's start from the beginning where all this came from. I think we have lots of history that tells us that utterly unfettered and unregulated capitalism results in a very small number of people having all the money. I would disagree, but yeah, I don't well, I know we've ever had I don't think we've ever had unfettered anything. Well and, in 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 the modern day. In the modern day. Uh, wait, anyway, my point my point is that we were in the, in the internet, we were approaching the point where the people with the, the money could buy all of the bandwidth at a discount and everybody else sucked hind tit. And, that, and that's the way the internet was going. So the, the, the point of this is that some level of refereeing, some level of, of uh, regulation, I think probably was needed and appropriate. Not this. This is this is an exercise in bureaucrats stroking themselves. This is not the, the the light touch of regulation that I think the internet needed. We we should not just throw this all out because then we wind up with people like Netflix getting the inside track all the time, and and the rest of us get by with a, a hundred kilobits if we need it or not. Whenever Netflix wants to move the universe from one side of the world to the other. We, we, we need, we need, I think we need to understand that there was a legitimate need for something to be done. And as usual, when, when that need was placed in the hands of the lawyers, instead of the engineers who knew what the problem was, we got what we wished for until I was right. Yeah, sure. I, I, I disagree with your, description of the issue, I don't think we were heading down that road. And I do think, and I have seen it happen, that the market can and will take care of problems when they come up. You have, I mean, you you bring out Netflix, and I've heard stories about, well, Netflix had a spat with Comcast, and Comcast dropped a few fibers off of one of its connectors, and this is apparently what started a whole bunch of rigmarole to complaining about how Netflix is slower on, co- on Comcast networks and all that. But mm-hmm. a few years ago, a routing error at my ISP, AT&T, caused 
a rather popular internet website to become inaccessible for a couple of hours. It was, to the best of everyone's knowledge, entirely accidental. But the site was 4chan, and if you know what that is, you can guess what the oh. response was. Oh. <laughs> they got that site back up quick. Because... Well, and, and, yes, they were looking on the barrel of the a gun. Point, the, but the point I'm trying to make is if you have an actual case of an ISP deliberately slowing down some provider, if that provider is big enough, then you are going to have a lot of market pushback, especially if, again, with this, this Netflix case, I actually don't know if it happened or not, but just based on what I've heard, if they had come out and said, hey, Comcast is blocking us. Here's the evidence. So we're cutting them off. Comcast would have had a backlash and it would have been a big and it would have been public. And they, and I realize that they're the evil empire in the eyes of some, and they aren't necessarily undeserving of that reputation, but they do still presumably care about their reputation and they would have responded. And you don't need the government to come in and this isn't even considering all the ways in which the government has blocked, for instance, uh, larger deployment of various Wi-Fi technologies, uh -huh. which could make a lot of these networking issues much less of an issue. But the market will sort itself out if given the opportunity. Well... And, and and I think what Larry's point is is that in some cases, especially in in areas that are approaching monopolistic standpoint, uh, monopolistic but, size. And here's here's my other response to that: a monopoly can only exist in one of two conditions, either because it is providing the best service, in which case everyone wants it, or because it's being propped up by the government. So as long as you take care of the second condition, the first condition will sort itself out in due time if necessary. But, and I would say, like, people will say, well, if we don't have net neutrality, then we can't have the next big Netflix. Well, my response would be, do we really need the next big Netflix as long as Netflix is providing that service? And, and there are... But that's not if for there's you no, It's for the market to choose. Well, exactly. I'll, I'll give so you the, the possibility you. of the next Netflix should not be impaired. And until you, until a site gets large, because the other thing is, like Comcast or other ISPs, they're not going to go around to little sites blocking them because they won't pay up. Because the little sites can't pay up, and they know it. So once you've gotten big enough where this might even be an issue that crosses your desk, then you've already made it more than halfway. Yeah, no, there, there, there is that side. You know, the, I'm, I, for me, the the lawful question. You know, who defined as lawful, and also who's yeah. or or oh yeah, I, does the onus fall if something is deemed unlawful, and the business or individual or group then has to defend itself? That that is a very serious question. Because it, because it then becomes, well, do you, 
does every single hop in the network have to suddenly become a policeman? And I do think that, especially with these latest moves by the FCC, that may be what they're aiming for, where everyone has to become the every everyone in the the big network has to become an enforcer at the whim of the FCC. Otherwise, well, and then and then that raises the problem of you know the the legality of blocking traffic based on a single or on a collection of claims because as we all know it is not very difficult for somebody to um to build up a collection of complaints about a website or about a provider or about a service and in most cases and in most cases those sites um, are you know the the service providers are shut down and asked questions later? Yes, particularly in the U.S. Now, of course, mm-hmm. there are technological uh, solutions to that problem, specifically Tor end-to-end encryption, etc. Which, if anyone listening, there's a there's a browser plugin put out by the EFF called H- um, HTTPS Everywhere, and you should all get it because. You really should be using HTTPS whenever it's available. Mm-hmm. Can I can I point out that we might be in the weeds a bit for most of our listeners? Probably. Oh, we we absolutely are. You're right. Um, you know, they, this is and this is why they could get away with it. This is it, your point is exactly why they could get away with it. Why the FCC could get away with pushing this net neutrality because for the most for the majority of americans they're like yep i've got my broadband yep i can get to i can watch my movies on netflix i can watch my tv on hulu i can um i can do my email i can play my games i can watch my porn i can do this i can do that and this isn't going to do anything to me and you you have the other sides uh, uh when i say the other side i mean the other side to me the other side saying, and these big evil ISPs are wanting to take all that away from you unless Uncle Sam gets in the way. Right. So, so they pushed Uncle Sam. They didn't push it. They opened the door for the FCC to get in. And now we're, now we're literally looking at this, um, at this bureaucracy that's, we're going to be, we're going to be, especially from a technical standpoint, dealing with the ramifications of this for a very long time, unless something is changed. And, and thankfully here is the one good thing about the FCC doing it is that the FCC, if they get a new group of directors in can actually roll back the title two. they can take away the title two definition. The problem is the new board of directors is going to be appointed by Schumer and or McCain and or, you know, Graham and, and they're all lawyers or, or clones of lawyers and they have no idea what they're talking about. I used to work for a phone company many years ago. Uh, I was in R and D and every customer wanted his call to go through. They wanted a hundred percent guarantee that their call would go through. And there's something called grade of service, which is the probability that a group of trunks will be blocked. And, you know, depending on the city, we would have grades of service of 0.01%, but but not 
zero probability of loss. Try explaining this to that to somebody who had their call blocked. They refuse to understand it, or they're just incapable of it. And I'm telling you, Schumer ain't going to be any better at it than those people were. The, the problem is we have people who do not have the background necessary to understand the problem, and they're in charge of making the decisions. So mm-hmm. I, this is not a solution. I mean, it, getting a new, a new board of idiots is not the solution because they're going to be bureaucrats just like the last bunch, and they're going to be political hacks and doing what politics requires and not having any comprehensions of the, comprehension of the engineering problems involved. I'm done. Well, there is that aspect. This net neutrality, neutrality thing is nothing more than an overreaching government reaching where it doesn't belong. But if, see, uh, here's, here's the thing, Joseph. Here's the thing, Joseph. Free that it was, Joseph, the thing is, is that it is, it is a government that was invited by enough people and by enough voices that, and on an issue, quite honestly, that enough people didn't even blink at for them to come in. So it wasn't that they stuck their nose in. It was that they were invited in. There were certain lobbyists spending a lot of money in certain offices in Washington, D.C., who invited themselves in. And they arranged to have this whole crisis take place. But you know, you could say the same thing about the This had nothing to do with, with the little people like you and me and, 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 you know, normal users. This had to do with people like Comcast and Netflix and other really well-heeled people trying to get a business advantage against their competitors. That's why this happened. This had nothing to do with people unhappy with their service. Well, you can correlate this with the, uh, with the health care debate. Uh-huh. Because it wasn't as much the people who were not insured making a fuss. It was the lobbyists for the insurance companies, the lobbyists for the big hospitals. That's, who, that's, the, that's the main people who are benefiting from the Affordable Care Act. And you look at the results. And you're right. Look at the results. There was no increase in competition. The tort lawyers got to continue to rape their clients and 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 the, their victims, and and nothing changed. None of the inequities were fixed. All of the privilege associated with the healthcare industry and the insurance companies was sustained. That was the Affordable Care Act. Now, if you look at Europe. The internet access in Europe is abysmal compared to the U.S. because they have their own. No, it's versions not. Of, they have their no, own versions of net neutrality. I have friends on Second Life and in other uh, other things that they get kicked off periodically because of the bandwidth problem. That they have but, their own version of net neutrality there. Yeah, but. By the same token, by the same token, I was I was looking at comparisons of available internet speeds, and if they've got the money, then a residential user can get astonishingly fast internet. Maybe it's maybe it's just a select group, maybe it's not everybody, but you know it's it's there and available. 
So in Europe, there are many fewer places, and they are much, much smaller, where it is not economically feasible to do FIOS for everybody. Right. They don't have they don't have vast open spaces with five people living in them. Mostly, I mean, right. there is no place in Europe you can go where you don't have a neighbor for ten miles, and, and that they have a tremendous yeah. advantage in that. They run they run a fiber, and they got customers up to kazoo. Right, right. So let's so, not give them too much of a pat on the back. No. So, you know, I, I, I said, you know, I mentioned the, you know, the new directors and the FCC kind of as a segue to the next article. Um, because the first Senate confirmed director for ATF resigned this year, this, this week, after less than two years as a permanent director. Um, the, the first Senate confirmed director for the Bureau of Alcohol to tobacco and firearms and explosives is leaving the post b todd jones resigned effective march 31st um and this he got, after, got skinned alive on the green bullets yes um basically he floated the idea of banning um certain types of 223 ammo right because i mean it's <laughs> ammunition fired by excuse me um by the uh, AR-15. Um, six, five, two, six, but... Oh, is it five, two, six? I thought they fired two, two, three. I'm sorry. Um, the, uh, the, the green tip um, or certain types of metal core projectiles. The, the, the official designation is in millimeters, five, two, six, but they're, they're the same ammo. If you call it two, two, three to the right people, they won't have any idea what you're talking about. Well, the two, two, three is the same ammo that... Um, that a couple of hunting rifles and uh, the uh, M16 fire. Never mind. Go on. <laughs> Isn't it? Or am I thinking they're the, they're the, thinking same, the, they're the same caliber, but the designation that most okay. people use who aren't hunting deer is a 5.26 millimeter. Okay. It's the okay. same. I just, you know, for clarity. But you're okay. right. You're okay. Right. And the green bullets okay. have commonly have a, a, a tungsten insert inside. For, for greater penetrability. Okay. And, they, and, and they can defeat low-grade body armor. Right. That's the issue. Um, so he made the proposal of banning that type of ammunition. Um, and uh, most of the more than 310,000 public comments were critical, and nearly 300 members of Congress, majorities in both the House and Senate, also complained. Um, they, um, they, they, you know, he, he literally, he was, he was walked off, he was walked to the edge of the plank and prodded. Um, so that's that was why I why I made the comment about you know the possibility of having the um, the 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 um, Tier two, the the net neutrality stuff rolled back, yeah. but um, I thought it was interesting that that it took so short a period of time for this scapegoat to resign, because you know it, it's it's not just a case of, and and I'm not going to say this as a conspiracy theory. I'm going to say this more as a as an observation. When you have people in this band's position coming out and making recommendations and statements like that he's not doing it 
as a lone wolf. Oh, no. He's he is doing man. it. Yeah, he is doing it. more than a good little liberal soldier who said what everyone else has been doing. If you look at the last five years, the government has been buying up more ammo than the, than the general populace. Why? I know. To get the, animal, the ammo off the streets. And what this guy said is probably the next step. Okay. We can't okay. ban the guns. Let's just take the ammo away. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to correct you on one small thing here, Joseph, and that is that the purchase, the, the purchase of the ammo, and I did some research into this, and the it's reason – it's, it's A, it's not abnormal. It is because the feds have training centers to which – have firearms training centers to which – Every level of police, city, state, town, uh, county, and federal agency sends their people to be trained for various type of live fire exercises. To do that, they need that amount of ammo. And it is not new. It is not something that, that, that it raises alarm because of the name of the, uh, of, of the chief executive. It, you know, it at the beginning of did you know at the beginning of World War II, there was thirty odd six ammo for the uh, Garand from World War One that had gone stale, and the soldiers would point their gun, their Garand, at a bad guy, and it would go click. Now, because of this uh, actually pretty vast consumption of ammo running through our inventory, our ammo reserves are brand new all the time. And if we go to war, it's going to go bang, not click. So this is a good idea in my opinion. Yeah. So, I mean, there's seriously, it's, it's, it's a automatic forced rollover of stock. What can be wrong with that? Right. It's, it's not a case of now, Certain states may be making it more difficult to produce ammunition in their state. That's a different issue. That's a different issue. Yeah. Um, Jen Art points out that it does say something about the police state, though. Um, do I want my police officers trained to the same level as federal agents and federal officers? Damn right. With the handling and safety of firearms. Yes. And explosives. This, this, we are not living in the, the happy 40s anymore. We are living in a worldwide war with people with very big guns all the time, pockets full of C4, and we're asking cops with 38 specials to defend us. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. Every cop in his trunk should have a freaking fully automatic AR-15 to deal with Ferguson. No, that that ought to shake people up. We should not elect our officers to fight with weaker, poorer pea shooters, pure weapons than the people, than their adversaries. They should always have the bad guys out armed. And and there there has for as long as I've known, well, maybe that's not exactly true. I remember learning in history that 
the police in the during the um, during prohibition and during the gangster years would would go out and buy Tommy guns so that they could be as armed as the gangsters. Damn right. And be able to put as much lead out as the gangsters did. And they were actually better trained and better shots with it. Indeed. It's like, I think the, the issue here is, here is not what they are armed with. It is when and how they use it. True. And then on the, <laughs> on the other hand, you look at, uh, at that case in New York by the Empire State Building a few years ago, whatever, when they fired 50-some shots and hit like four or five bystanders. And you're like, are they really being trained that well? Apparently not. Uh, apparently, well. But is that, is that the fault of the ammunition? No, certainly it's not the fault of the ammo. It's not the fault of the guns. It's the fault of the people wielding them. Mm-hmm. It's, the fault, it's the fault of the people who are in charge of making sure they get their training, that they spend time on the range, that, they, yeah. that the ammunition for their practice is funded. Those are the problems. The first, the first place you can cut money is say instead of going to the range once a month, only go once a quarter. That's going to save us. Hit the button, so many millions of dollars. Those guys need to be proficient all the time, every day they put on their uniform, and that takes money. That takes lots of money, and guys like Schumer aren't really happy about that or Cuomo. Guys, the the I think the the appropriate term that you're looking for there, Larry is the bean counters. The bean counters, sure. The bean counters are not happy about that. So and there, There's another um, example of what you were talking about, the Tommy guns. Do you know what a BAR is? I've heard of them, yes. Browning automatic rifle. Do you know what the BAR fires? What? 30-06 rounds. A, 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 it's, 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 a, it's a grand on steroids. And, and you, you flap in a uh, magazine of 30-06 rounds into your BAR, and you can frickin' knock down walls with it. Uh, Bonnie and Clyde were taken down by some guys with Browning automatic rifles. The police carried Browning automatic rifles because that was they, what they needed to defeat their adversaries at the time. And to, to suggest that we would let cops walk around the streets today with a 30 6 automatic or semi-automatic weapon. (laughs) You'd have your meds checked for you. But the the point is, that is a dominant weapon. Why shouldn't our police have the dominant weapon? It's stupid to think that our police should, for some politically correct reason, be less armed than than the, the people who are wishing to do us harm. Yeah, we we and, have to accept the fact that our cops need the best available, and that and one includes of the things, Browning automatics. And and one of the things, one of the things, one of the articles I didn't get to was that um, the Islamic State apparently published a list of 100 military members that are um, that are suspected of flying um, bombing missions uh, over the Islamic State and calling for their deaths. That's true. Um, you know, and Toa raises the question of, of the, the flip side of this, how armed are the criminals? Honestly, so you, have, you had the case in uh, L.A., what, 15 years ago, when you had the two bank robbers and they had 
high powered rifles and they had body armor and it and it did take some pretty heavy hardware to take them down. Mm-hmm. That was 15 years ago, and I've not heard of a single other case like that since then. I think it was more than 15 years ago. It's true. Yes, there are some criminals out there with high-powered weapons. I don't think there are as many as some would have us believe, though. You should go for a walk in the woods this, in Arizona. <laughs> this, this is, is why they're, they're being fired on by... by, by 50 caliber rifles. This is why we had, this is why we created SWAT teams. And of course, now they've become basically the first call to, to everything. And that's a problem. Well, and, and, but so I'll, 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 I'll relate one story. And why you, let me relate one story. And then I want to move on to the next article. Um, sometimes it's not how well armed they are. It is how stupid they are. Um, when I was in college, I was speaking with a, a fellow amateur radio operator because I'm an extra class amateur radio operator. And this, this particular gentleman happens to work with the Texas Department of Public Safety. He is a state trooper. And he related a, in, as, in as generic terms as he could because he, you know, the, the case was still under investigation, but a high-speed chase that involved a truck that had a working meth lab in it. Now, the meth lab was in the back of a pickup truck going 70 miles an hour down the highway. If something had gone wrong, that thing would have exploded, causing potentially danger and killing innocent bystanders. What is the proper way to deal with someone stupid enough to not only set up a meth lab in a truck, but then to take it at highway speeds running from the police erratically. Oh, let me answer this one. You take him to a secluded area, you use a bazooka or a um, heat-seeking RPG, and you blow it up in the middle of nowhere. Alternately, you make it so that meth is no longer illegal so that it can be produced in proper labs, and you don't have to worry about people making backyard chemical sets in their trucks and blowing half the neighborhood up. Okay, neither one of those. But that's not the problem, that's not the uh, problem that the cop is being faced with. You, you, I know. you substitute the problem with this scenario. Let's talk about the problem that Hat put forth. You got a guy, a, a poor ass uh, cop, driving on a highway in in some black and gray car, and all of a sudden he is faced with this violent, explosive situation. He doesn't have the tools to deal with it. Now what are you going to do? Well, let's let's talk about what it could have been if we had just, just gotten rid of this stupid law. That's dumb. You're going to let the cop die, and that's what we've been doing, and it really upsets me when we keep shifting. We do these straw man arguments to protect our, our positions. Cops okay, are dying. You, you want to know what they should have done? Okay, fine. If, you're, if you actually have this situation, then fine. Snipe the guy. But what I'm saying is, A, first of all, you have to remember how you end up, ended up in the situation. Number two, you've got to really ask you, yourself, you do, that do, we, do we, yeah, you do that after the fact. Do we have to train everyone to the highest, basically, to, to put it in, say, medical terms, do we have to train everyone to be neurosurgeons and cardiologists because someone might have a heart attack? Or do you have specialists? 
and you say to like the cop that finds this place, okay, you found the place. Now move back, keep an eye on it, call in the specialists at right. the airport. And what I'm what I'm airport two days ago, a uh, armed guard, a, T- a TSA, was faced with suddenly, despite all of her training, a life and death situation with this crazy man running around trying to kill people with a machete. And, and they she, shot him. And, and that's fine. Yeah, let that is, me finish. The weapon was pulled, and because she was close, she shot the guy three times. One of the rounds went through the arm of the victim that she was holding. Fortunately, it wasn't a serious injury, and the, and the, and the round continued on and struck him, and he died. The point is, she didn't have sufficient training. She kind of blazed away at the guy and got away with it. She should have been able to put three rounds in his forehead. That's what the training that she should have had, and she didn't have and, it. And I'm not saying that she shouldn't have. I think that is, yes, that is basic marksmanship training. I'm not talking. That, that's good. You're, hey, you're the one. You're the one that brought up the speeding meth lab. That's not. No, I'm, I'm the one. I'm oh, the sorry, one that brought up sorry. the speeding meth. Patton's the one that brought up the speeding meth lab. That is not basic marksmanship. That is that's snipers or other special. And that that is why you had SWAT teams. And like I said, unfortunately, now SWAT teams seem to to in a lot of cases become instead of the last resort, the first resort. And I think that's that is a problem. By the way, I will, and and we I want to talk about this last, um, this this last this next article before we end. But I will tell you that that particular scenario that was not a a, a that wasn't a what if scenario that happened, and in that I'm particular case, in that particular case, um, the good the 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 poor judgment of the criminal, because he was convicted, I can say the criminal, uh, was that he, he ran out of gas. <laughs> he ran out of fuel and, and had to leave the car at the side of the road and was apprehended. The police later took the car to a safe location and, pro- and let the fire department, after, after the hazmat team had their training day on removal of a meth lab, um, the fire team had their training day of putting out uh, of dealing with a car fire that contained hazardous chemical substances. Because one of the things that I never knew, if if there's a house, let's take that meth lab and put it in the house. Do you know what happens when they find a meth lab in the house? At least they, at least in fun. in the area where I where I was, they have to burn the thing down. You cannot you cannot fully decontaminate it. The chemicals that are used to make meth are you know, especially in a in a home grade meth lab, will destroy the house. Yeah, there there was a similar case here where a tornado tore the roof off of a a, a block of you know one of those blocks of like eight eight apartments. Mm-hmm. And one of them, and they ended up knocking down the whole well, most of the block actually. Some it was attached to a small camera. Anyway, but yeah, yeah. That, that, although I don't think they so, had to burn that one. But yeah, well, say that I really thanks. watched it. So the the last article that I think we're going to have time for, and we've only got just literally about a minute, minute and a half to talk about it, unfortunately, is the uh, the mandatory voting uh, rule that um, that Obama said it'd be it'd be a transformative idea. 
Um, if everybody voted, then it would completely change the political map in this country. Um, it, w- it would certainly give them a lot more opportunities to manipulate the vote counting. It would. It would. Yes, it would. You know, as it. But you know, I think it's interesting that it didn't even take. Did it even take 24 hours for somebody to come? One of his. Um, one of his uh, media handlers to come out and say, oh, no, 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 he, he spin, didn't spin mean that. The spin, doc. yeah, the spin doctors. Um, not sure if it was Laverne or Shirley, but <laughs> yes, the, the, um, the, the, the interesting thing that, that, that I wanted to point out on this is that this country, you know, we talk about people not participating and how sad it is. And, but, I, I, I seem to remember, and maybe this is my, my screwed-up history lesson that I learned in, pu- in public school, but there was a good third of the, uh, of the colonists that didn't give a crap one way or the other about whether you know, the U.S., the colony should, should um, declare independence and become their own nation or not. Maybe I'm wrong in thinking that. So, something around that area. Just think that People forget that not voting is it's is in and of itself a political statement. Yeah. Not necessarily an intentional one, but it is a political statement, and it should not be discounted. Yeah. Well, you know, it, the the fact is that our uh, current state of governance is such that people are bored with it and frustrated and disgusted with it, and and they feel dirty when they leave the voting booth. And no, and, and that's those that and, participate. Yeah, and and Obama's cure for that is instead of cleaning up his act and everybody else's, he said, well, let's just make them vote. Yep. There is yep. a reason why in this country, up until maybe 100 years ago, or 150 years ago, only men who owned property could vote. And that's because they wanted people who had an actual stake in the game to vote. Now, over the years, they whittled that down. Let everyone vote. Now people are able to vote themselves benefits from the government. Now people are able to vote for people who are not really qualified to be president. I'm not saying that we should go back the way it was, but I think we should educate voters before they get an opportunity to vote. And our public school system surely isn't doing that. Our television and our media surely isn't doing that. The problem is we people do not have the initiative to educate themselves before going to a voting booth. Most people, if you make it mandatory, are going to flip a coin and say, do I want candidate A or I want candidate B? And that's the, the harsh reality of it. It is. It is. All right, well... Um, for homework this week, we're going to make everybody watch uh, Man on the Street interviews just just to see the inanity of of what some people think. Water, is, water's is, world. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you very much for tonight. It's been a wonderful, wonderful show. Um, want to thank everybody for being a part of the show. If you enjoyed what you heard, we ask you to blog about us. Tell five of your friends. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Visit the website at frontporchtalk.net. The new website uh, is is up and moving, and uh, we're having some fun there. Uh, if you did like what you heard, well, we're still going to invite you to join us next week because you will probably hear different words in a different order. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. Have a wonderful night. Good night, Chuck.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 